Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning. Good morning. It is the fifth of January, twenty twenty-three. Technically, the twelfth day of Christmas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit with Ben Johnson in just a moment about the 12th day and about Epiphany, which is tomorrow. Um, but let me start with this. Have you ever said or have you ever heard anyone sort of say, ordinarily in an exasperated tone, God only knows, God only knows. How are you going to do this? Or how are we going to get through this? Or what in the world are we supposed to do about this? Well, God only knows. I want to claim that today as a statement of faith. It's a statement of faith in God and in God's knowledge of what the future holds and and a trust that God's the one who holds the future. I mean, God only knows, but God knows. And that's huge. Our Growing Your Faith verse of the day today is from Jeremiah 29, 11, and 12. Some of the most oft-quoted verses of Scripture, you see them a lot on, like, uh, graduation cards. Here you go. Jeremiah 29, 11, and 12. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. So what sort of God-only-knows challenge are you facing today? How am I going to make it? Well, God knows. God knows the plans he has for you, not to harm you, but plans to give you hope in a future. How are you going to recover? Well, God knows the plans he has for you. How are you going to proceed? God knows the plans he has for you. How are you going to admit your fault and seek reconciliation with a spouse, a neighbor, a parent, a child, or a friend. Well, God knows. He knows the plans he has for you. How are you going to take that next step in recovery? Or how are you going to take the first step in doing the right thing after years of doing the wrong thing? God only knows, but God knows. How are you going to endure the pain or find the courage or reach out for the help you know you need? God only knows, but God knows. God knows the plans he has for you. Plans for this moment and plans for this minute. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in Christ and a future with himself. God has already revealed a lot about his plan for you in the Bible. God has already revealed that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. God has revealed his own faithfulness and the truth of who he is. God has revealed that he is good and great and gracious and reliable. God has revealed that he is steadfast and immovable. God has revealed that you can trust him. He's already revealed a lot about his plan in the Bible. 
And so as you face your particular God only knows challenge today, I'm going to invite you to face it with faith in the God who knows. David put his trust in the God who knows in Psalm 139 when David was facing a particular God only knows challenge. David said, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path, my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind before and you lay your hand upon me. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 46 said, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done. God says, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purposes. God knows. And so as you face your God only knows challenge today, I'm going to invite you to put your trust in the God who knows. You can rest in that. You can rest today knowing that God knows. Today is 12th night. Tomorrow is Epiphany. What does that mean? We're going to talk about that next with Ben Johnson. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. You're always on my mind. And all the thoughts I think toward you are lovingly designed to bring you through and give. This is my right. Right given by God To live a free life To live in freedom All right, Ben Johnson is joining us now. He writes as the rights writer. He's a senior reporter and editor at the Washington Stand. And we love talking with him um, about very, very serious matters. And today we're leading off with this. Which one of the 12 days of Christmas does Ben Johnson most associate with? Is he a leaping lord? Mm-hmm. This, this is what the people want to know. Good morning, Ben. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. <laughs> Probably are you a, are one you of a... the two turtle doves, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, because you're, because you're a sower of peace. That's, that's the intention, to be a repairer of the breach. I love that. I love that. That's fantastic. All right, Ben. So the 12 days of Christmas, not uh, not every tradition um, or expression of the Christian community today really focuses on the fullness of a Christmas season. Um, and so I thought that it would be helpful to talk with somebody um, who who does worship in a tradition that acknowledges, you know, feasts and and seasons of the year. So can you talk with us a little bit about the 12 days of Christmas? Today is 12th night. What is that? Tomorrow is Epiphany. What's that? Oh, I'm delighted to. Um, really, the, the entire season of Christmas began with January 6th. It began with Epiphany. Um, Christmas was actually a later development, as hard as it is for us to imagine. Yeah, we work uh, our way early... back to Christmas, right? I mean, that's the... Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, originally you had the development of a holiday on January 6th, which celebrated the birth of Christ, the visit of the three wise men with the gifts, the worship of the the Magi, the baptism of Christ in the River Jordan by John the Baptist, and his first miracle turning water into wine at the wedding at Cana. Uh, Originally, all four things were celebrated on one day because they were all manifestations 
or shinings forth, uh, literally in Greek, epiphano, epiphany, comes from uh, a shining forth. So these were shining forth of the divinity into, into the human race. So each one of them was, was celebrated together uh, in, in one holiday. Over time, the two holidays separated. So you had Christmas on December 25th and Epiphany, or as it's known in the East, Theophany, uh, was celebrated on January 6th with 12 days separating them. And those 12 days came to take on a, a different significance for each day of the week, uh, slightly different in the East and the West. And there's a slight difference in the East and the West on what we celebrate tomorrow. When they separated, the East separated one way, the West separated slightly differently. The West chose to celebrate the visit of the Magi, which is what most people uh, in, will be celebrating if they're from that kind of a tradition in the West. In the East, the, uh, the holiday is more known as Theophany, which means the manifestation of God, the shining forth of God into uh, this area. And we specifically focus on the baptism of Christ because at that point, you have the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, and the Spirit descending like a dove. So you have the manifestation of the Trinity in one uh, very specific and concrete event in our Lord's life. It's, um, it's so wonderful to be at this stage of the year, like right here at the beginning of the year, and having an opportunity to focus on who Jesus is um, as fully human, which is, you know, this conversation that we have about him taking on human flesh and dwelling among us, full of grace and truth, and fully God. Um, and this is one of the things about the Christian faith that uh, maybe we don't talk enough about. Jesus really is fully human and fully God, not sometimes, you know, one and sometimes the other, not half one and half the other. Um, you know, he's not uh, he, he's, yeah, you, you know, you can't like cut him in half and get the, get the human part and get the God part. He's fully God and fully man. And we ought to revel in that and wrestle with that more often than we do. Amen. And of course, that's part of the beauty of what's shown in the gifts of the wise men. You have gold, which would be given to a king and frankincense, which is of course, incense that you would offer to God. Like let my prayer arise in thy sight as incense and myrrh, which you would use to anoint the dead. And so it's shown that Christ is our king. He is God, God and man at one and the same time. And he has come as king of kings and lord of lords, yet he manifests himself as a lowly child to become the suffering servant and to die and rise again for our salvation. It's, it's extraordinary. It's amazing. And thank you for um, helping us to, you know, sort of bring that forward. Even, you know, even as you and I turn to the concerns of the day and the concerns of the world, we recognize that we are living at a particular point in time in, in an eternal epic. And God is the one um, who is over it all, in, in it all, and through it all. And Christ is the one who is Lord of it all. And it's important every once in a while. <laughs> I mean, we should be doing it every moment of every day, reminding ourselves that I'm living in a particular moment, but I'm living in a moment that is a part of um, something that God is doing over all of human history, and that He's doing not only right here and right now in this particular point in time in my life, in my human experience, but He's doing, you know, as a part of a universal reality that goes on and on and on. And so, um, has a beginning and an end, but both of those um, are in Him. I mean, I just think that there's this present moment and eternal reality that we also need to live within. 
um, every single day. So thank you for helping us do that. You and I are going to turn our attention here in just a moment to some of the concerns and issues of the particular culture and time in which we live. But thank you for setting the stage this morning um, on this 12th uh, on this 12th night um, and in view of Epiphany tomorrow. We're talking with our brother in Christ and friend Ben Johnson. Um, we're going to turn our attention to some of the headline news of the day next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Sign up for the free Bible in a Year reading plan at MyFaithRadio.com and get everything you need to follow the plan each day and stay on track, including a printed schedule. Sign up now at MyFaithRadio.com. Indeed, indeed. Uh, he knows. That's Jeremy Camp. Others of you recommending on our playlist today for King and Country, God only knows as we consider the reality that God knows, um, even in the midst of those God only knows moments. So we're talking with our friend Ben Johnson. He's the rights writer. He's also a senior reporter and editor at the Washington Stand. You can find what he's writing at WashingtonStand.com. Um, Ben, I'm pretty sure you and I have talked about this case in the past, this case out of Texas. Um, A young boy, there's a custody battle between his parents, his mother um, very much uh, wanting to move him in the direction of becoming um, a girl and his father seeking to resist that. Could you bring us up to date on what's happening in this case? Well, yeah, you're right. Unfortunately, this uh, case is very heartbreaking of uh, Jeff Younger. Uh, his his ex-wife has been trying to transition his son, who's 10 years old, uh, since the child was two. And uh, according to uh, Jeff Younger, uh, his, his son, James, identifies as a boy when he is at home with his father. He only identifies as a girl when he is uh, told to do so by uh, Mr. Younger's ex-wife. So there's there's a battle going back and forth. And he he appealed all the way to the Texas Supreme Court. The Texas Supreme Court refused to hear the case. And now, because laws have consequences and elections have consequences, uh, a law has been signed into um, into effect in California, where uh, his ex-wife lives, which says uh, California is essentially a sanctuary state for transgenderism. Anyone who flees there uh, essentially has uh, an unmitigated state right to have transgender hormones administered, cross-sex hormones administered, and surgical procedures performed upon them uh, and to undergo life-altering surgeries even as a minor. So um, that's unfortunately going to be uh, likely going to be the lot of this young child. And this case just illustrates the danger that we have when politicians begin to assert themselves over and against the prerogatives of parenthood, which were established by God in the Old Testament, They have been continued uh, to be upheld biblically that the parents and in our common law, which reflects that biblical heritage, that the parents are the primary drivers and the primary decision makers uh, and those uh, who have the best interest of the children in mind. And when there is a difference like this, certainly uh, we should be able to side on the air on the side of caution. If a child can't get a tattoo until he's 18 because it is permanently disfiguring, permanently changes the way that the child looks. They might uh, love it later, but uh, they might also regret it later because the brain isn't fully developed. Then certainly the removal of healthy organs uh, should be delayed until such a time as the brain is fully formed. If it should be allowed at all, I would be among those who say it should not be. One of our listeners, Ben, is pointing out um, that this child is uh, one of a pair of twins. I guess I had uh, missed that or forgotten that along the way. I mean, this is a complicated 
complicated um, story, and we we absolutely should ardently be praying for this situation, but also, you know, like really considering where we are as a nation that would allow um, a mother to engage in this kind of behavior, and then a state like California that's that's basically saying, you know, we'll we'll protect you if you want to bring your kids here and um, and transition them even uh, over and against the will of um, of one or both parents. It's um, it's 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 tragic. Talk with us about um, something that you have written about, and that is how covid monies um, are being used to fund Planned Parenthood. This is this is going to be a surprise. Well, maybe to a lot of people. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, when uh... Congress passed what was known as COVID relief back in March of 2021. Uh, The Hyde Amendment was not attached to the funds. People said that uh, these funds, even though the Hyde Amendment was not attached, that uh, these funds would go for health and not to harm people. But uh, even at the time, the Family Research Council, which is the uh, owner of the Washington stand and uh, other organizations in Washington warned this was a slush fund that was going to be used for the benefit of Planned Parenthood. But we've found that that has, in fact, already happened, and there's further proposal for it to happen in Toledo. They want to use $100,000 of funding from the American Rescue Plan to pay for women in Ohio, which has a heartbeat law, uh, to travel to other states to have an abortion. That's still under consideration. And if you uh, go to my story at WashingtonStand.com, there's a way you can contact city council in Toledo uh, to lobby them against that. But uh, they're one of many cities that have done so. Rochester, New York. Uh, allowed Planned Parenthood of Central and Western New York to become one of the members of what's known as the Rochester Peace Collective. And they end up giving up $5 million in ARP funding. So uh, the idea that Planned Parenthood is a peace bringer uh, is another inversion of the language, which we should not uh, put up with. Uh, They do not bring peace, they bring a sword. But uh, they're one of many groups that have done this. Uh, Cuyahoga County, which is Cleveland, Ohio, spent uh, $475,000 in COVID relief funds to pay for travel and hotel rooms for women to go to other states to have an abortion. Uh, St. Louis, uh, Mayor Tishara Jones allocated a million dollars of federal relief COVID funds uh, to pay for abortion travel or child care for women who leave the state to have an abortion. So those are those are the, uh, the cities, just a handful of the uh, cities that have divvied up funding that is intended to fight disease in order to facilitate the taking of human life. It's the inversion of the intention of that law, according to most of the lawmakers who voted for it. And it's something that should tell us anytime we have these enormous omnibus spending bills of trillions of dollars, I think that was $1.9 trillion. Anytime we have an omnibus spending bill of that sort, we should look for exactly where the leakage is going to be to the abortion industry because it is certainly going to come about. And we should remember these funds were given to save life and instead they are going to take lives. All right. One more um, headline for us to cover today. Um, The FDA is now allowing retail pharmacies to dispense um, abortion pills, including via the mail. Apparently Walgreens and CVS already on board to sell the abortion drug Um, Talk with us about what's happening here. This is heartbreaking. And this is something the FDA can do on its own. Every time that it has done this, it has done it on on its own. Uh, The chemical abortion regimen is two pills, mifepristone and misoprostol. Mifepristone is the drug in question, sometimes marketed under the name Mifeprex. And uh, it's the first pill that women take when they're having a home abortion, essentially. Uh, Essentially a back alley abortion through the mail uh, that is is 
uh, administered by themselves at home uh, without any doctor or physician attending. The Biden administration uh, had allowed it to be dispensed without any in-person checkup uh, that was made permanent in December. On Tuesday, they allowed any major pharmacy to distribute this, provided they get certified. By the way, part of the certification is they have to keep the name of the doctor, the abortionist who prescribes these pills private, even from other members of their own pharmacy chain. So anything that's done in the darkness, anything where you have to cover up the name of the person who's doing it should immediately raise our eyebrows. Uh, The fact is that abortion that is induced by pills such as this have four times the complications of regular surgical abortion for the women. Uh, There have been uh, at least 4,200 adverse deaths that that have been adverse uh, consequences, including deaths, 26 deaths, more than 1,000 hospitalizations, hundreds upon hundreds of infections from women who have had this. At least a third of the women who had a chemical abortion report uh, such psychological issues as depression, anxiety, at substance abuse, or suicidal ideation, according to a, a report from Support After Abortion. So this is an extremely dangerous regimen uh, that is being uh, mainlined, and it turns every pharmacy into an abortion facility. Essentially, it's what we were talking about in our last story, where centers of healing are being transformed into centers of death, just as we tragically see in Canada, where when people go to the Canadian system to try and get health care, they are instead routed toward euthanasia. We're seeing the exact same thing that uh, abortionists are able to prescribe these pills, pharmacists who got into the game in order to help people manage and uh, improve and become healthy instead are going to become the facilitators of death. And so apparently CVS and Walgreens are not going to become the new Planned Parenthood. Hey, um, I have a book to recommend to you. If you haven't seen or read it yet, and maybe you guys want to review it, it's The Story of Abortion in America, A Street-Level History. Um, Marvin Olasky and um, and Leah um, Savas, um, it's, it's excellent. Um, and it it's at the story level and it's at the street level um, and it's, it's heartbreaking, but it's also just a, a really um, a profound and powerful look at this topic um, from the stories of people who have experienced abortion and those who have performed them um, written from a pro-life perspective in terms of both of the authors are pro-life, but written in a very, very honest way in terms of a look at what's actually happening in the country. So Um, I just highlight that for you because we had a recent opportunity to talk with Leah here on the program. So um, that just make you aware of that. Um, Ben, as always, thank you so very much. Appreciate who you are and what you do. Um, Loved the conversation about Twelfth Night and Epiphany. So um, thank you. Thank you, my brother. And enjoy the feast. Uh, A blessed feast to you. Blessed Epiphany Theophany to all of you. And may God bless. Amen. Amen. That's Ben Johnson. You can find him at WashingtonStand.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. God only knows. That's, uh, is that for King and Country? Paul? Yes, that was for King and Country. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that we have a playlist for today's um, <laughs> Growing Your Faith verse of the day. So our verse of the day today comes from Jeremiah 29, 11, and 12. Um, and it really does embrace the reality that God knows. And so when you face those God only knows moments and challenges in life, I want to just affirm today that God knows. 
Um, God knows you. God knows every hair on your head. He knows the circumstances of your life. He knows the challenges you face. He knows the feelings you're having right now. Um, He knows the things that you're going to face in the day and the weeks uh, and months and years that lie ahead. He knows the plans he has for you. Um, And the choice that you get to make today is whether or not you walk by faith into those plans with the Lord. Like, there's still a choice. There's still a choice that each one of us makes. Um, And God has plans for us, plans to prosper us, not to harm us, plans to give us hope and a future. Um, And so in those God only knows moments, turn to him turn to him. Um, we have a little bit of a playlist. Uh, we got Jeremy Camp, He Knows, and then um, you just heard for King and Country, uh, God Only Knows. Maybe you've got a playlist this year to accompany um, the the conversations that you're having with the Lord and the way you're tending um, to the things of the faith. I just uh, just encourage you to, to consider that. We're going to talk with Kathy Branzell here in just a moment from the National Day of Prayer Task Force, and we're going to enter this year... Um, Praying, praying in the new year. Um, Certainly as we survey the headline news today, uh, you know, I'm thinking about people and places and circumstances that are so far outside of my reach and beyond my control, but they are fully within, um, you know, God's view. And God knows those people and those places and those circumstances just as intimately as he knows you and me and the circumstances that we face today. So as you raise up, you know, weather prayers and as you raise up prayers for particular individuals whose names you see in the news or circumstances um, here or abroad, um, let's be praying by faith in the God who knows. Kathy Branzell joins us next. A mysterious star in the sky. It's bright like one and shines like one. A baby lying in a manger. There he is. After all this time. And a fulfilled promise. You will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. In Fulfillment is a biblical audio drama. Over 40 voice actors and the fulfilled moments of Jesus' life. Search In Fulfillment wherever you listen to podcasts or just go to myfaithradio.com. What fun here in this new year to be talking with our friend Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer Task Force. Kathy, um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, friends. We can also still say Merry Christmas because we are in the midst of, uh, you know, it's still Christmas. Um, So the Magi haven't even shown up yet. Um, it's right. okay, right? It's okay to still be in the Christmas spirit and still be talking about Christmas. I mean, in, in reality, year long. yeah, yeah. So can you just talk about that for a minute before we talk about praying in the new year and praying in the new year? Right. Well, and I know we talk a lot about how I pre-prepare for Christmas um, because we always want from Thanksgiving to New Year to be all about Christ. But the truth is God's really shown me um, that should be every day. And so don't be so quick to quit singing um, and showing joy to the world. The Lord has come and what that looks like in our lives. And and don't be quick to stop adoring him. You know, oh, come let us adore him. Keep the carols in your heart. But remember that Jesus just started living. He was just starting to live and grow um, here on earth as a baby. And so um, my prayer for our audience, all our friends and family is that, Christmas that Christ would live and grow in us year round 
And that Christmas Day is just the celebration and culmination, just like National Day of Prayer is not the only day we pray, right, Mm. for our nation and neighbor, but that Christ would continue to live and grow in us every single day and that that spirit, the Holy Spirit, um, would fill our lives every day. So don't be so quick to pull down those decorations. (laughs) Yeah, well, and as you and as we do, um, you know, whenever whenever you do take your decorations down, like as you do consider um, what they mean, um, consider, you know, the the process of pulling them out again and the witness and testimony like they're they're going to be in a box or in a bag or in an attic or in a closet, um, but they're going to be no less proclamatory. Um, right. about who Christ is and that he has come. So um, sometimes when we're putting things away, it's a good time for us to put the things away of the past year as well. So maybe we talk a little bit about that, Kathy. Um, praying praying in the new year and praying in the new year. I'm trying to say that in two different ways. So how did you pray it in? How did How did you go about praying, you know, from one year into the next? And then how will you be praying in this new year? Wow. Well, a couple of things. Um, I keep reminding myself or the Holy Spirit keeps prompting me to remember that, um, you know, heaven isn't bound by time. And so there's no, this is ending. And now we Mm. step into um, what's next with every beat of our heart, every minute, you know, has mission and meaning. And so how do we live in the present of the presence And so I've been praying into that um, because so many times we don't take the past captive and we don't take those thoughts captive about the past. And this might even be true for your Christmas. You know, um, I have prayed a lot through this Christmas season um, for neighbor and nation because we bring all these expectations into holidays uh, that we can't control at all. The only person we can control on this planet is ourselves. And so um, my prayer has been to live in the present and that uh, throughout this year, people would, whatever hurts, whatever arguments, whatever um, from the past that is attempting to steal your joy because nothing gets to steal it. You surrender it because you get to choose. And so how do we um, live in the presence of God in the present, um, in the assignment he has in this moment and the fruitfulness and the glory that is gained by living in that moment. His mercies are new every morning. And so whether January 1st or January 5th, um, or June 5th or May 4th, whatever day it is, um, it's a new and it's filled with the blessings and possibilities of Christ receiving those mercies that are new every morning. um, That's such a wonderful reminder and gift that we can unwrap each and every day. I I appreciate your observation um, and the question, are you surrendering your joy to something or someone in the past? Um, And, you know, we think about maybe past hurts or past wrongs, and it could be that we are allowing ourselves to be held captive in some way by someone who did something to us in the past that we um, we are allowing that to continue to keep us in bondage. Can you can you talk with us about how we take the past captive instead of allowing the past to keep us captive? 
Yeah, absolutely. So forgiveness um, is, is key. Forgiveness is the key that will unlock you out of the prison of 1985 or uh, 2001 or 2020, wherever there is this, this mark in time, this scar on your heart that is a go-to thought for you, that is a woundedness that you've allowed to cloak you, um, to take you captive um, and the whole idea of take every thought captive, sometimes our thoughts take us captive, but we allow that. Remember, you get to choose. Um, you, uh, God has given you free will. He's given you such a powerful mind and we choose what we think about, what we meditate on. That's why scripture and hymns and prayer are so powerful because they take our mind and our heart to the throne room of heaven. And so um, you just saying, I am choosing to forgive as Christ has forgiven me. And I am locking that moment away back in the past. And it no longer has any control over me whatsoever. And you walk out of that prison cell of that moment and poof, you are in the present Mm. and give up all visitation rights. (laughs) Do Mm. not back and visit it and um, that. get with God. Yeah. I love that. We're going to um, continue our conversation with Kathy Brenzel from the National Day of Prayer Task Force here in just a moment. And um, maybe we consider this. How do we pray for neighbor and nation? Um, how are you praying in the new year for neighbor and nation. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible gift to Faith Radio before the year ends. You can give now by texting the word GIVE to 877-933-2484 or join the support team at MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks a lot. I can only imagine when that day comes And I find myself standing in the sun Continuing our conversation with Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer Task Force. We're talking about praying, praying in the new year. How did you pray in the new year? And how are you going to be praying in this new year? So, Kathy, how do we, um, what are some thoughts that you have on how we pray for neighbor and nation in this new year? Mm. Well, praying the word of God is the most powerful thing because then we're careful not to um, bring in our opinions and our preferences. And so I've been um, praying a lot for neighbor and nation of, first of all, going back to last year's National Day of Prayer theme, um, exalt the Lord who has established us. Um, That was all about praise. And so for neighbor and nation in this season that seems like everybody's having some sort of identity crisis. Um, First and foremost, for the church to realize and then be salt and light so the world sees how awesome and amazing and loving and powerful and worthy of our worship and obedience the creator of heaven and earth is. That we would um, pray what God says about himself and who he is. And then this year, stepping into the um, pray fervently in righteousness and avail much that neighbor and nation would know who they are because of what their creator created them to be this wonderful workmanship made for good works. He's already prepared made in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made 
that they would see truth about how wonderful and amazing they are and is the church in Christ, that we are his righteousness. There are so many things in scripture that describes the incredible, wonderful people that we were made to be and who we are if we choose to be who we are in Christ. And so that is my prayer for neighbor and nation, that we would know who God is, who he says he is, and who we are, and we would walk out this true, real life created for us, given to us as the greatest gift um, for all eternity. So so wonderful. Um, We prayed in the new year with joy, and we prayed joy into the new year. We prayed the new year in with hope, and we have prayed hope into the new year. We prayed the new year um, in love, and we have prayed love into the new year. I think you could do this with peace. You could do this with gratitude. I think that there are ways for us to, um, you know, mark mark time. I recognize that in eternity, it, <laughs> it's not the same as it is for us, but we live in the midst of it. And, um, and so praying in a particular season of life or year um, and giving it unto the Lord as his own. Can you talk about that? Can you can you talk about what it means for this to be 2023, the year of the Lord, and for us to make it so? Mm, yeah, because uh, the earth is the Lord and all it contains. And um, he did, he put a tick-tock on a clock and a beat in our heart for him. Um, we, we really, when, when you humble yourself and you realize that we live for him, we live because of him, we live in him, um, that it's not a control situation. Again, he gave you free will. You get to choose if you want to follow Christ, but there's consequences to every choice, good and bad, um, blessings and curses choose you this day whom you will serve. And so um, with that, uh, they say that, you know, life is God's gift to you and how you live it is your gift back to him. And so think of it as a love response, not a control situation, not a I gotta situation, but, but living a life of worship, living a life of fruitfulness, of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, all the, the fruit of the spirit. Um, understanding the beautiful life that God did design for you, not free of pain because we grow in our pain, we grow in our suffering, we learn, we're discipled um, and disciplined uh, just as you would a child. Um, We're his children. And so living in this love response to him for the life we've been given, the moments we've been given, uh, you and I have have lost... um, As people have graduated to heaven, people dear to us this year, and that should be a reminder of how dear life is. And so treasure it um, and and live in that loving response to the life that you've been given. Mm, I love that. Um, Kathy, would you would you pray? Would you pray with us and pray for us as we pray in this new year? Mm, I would love to. Thank you for that invitation. Lord Jesus, we love you so much and we do respond to the fact that you loved us first. You love us most. You love us in ways that we um, cannot even imagine. 
And if we could, we probably couldn't contain it. And so we live in that joy um, that the one who created heaven and earth, the one who is more powerful than we could ever understand, the one who has come, Emmanuel, God with us, that you've never left us or forsaken us, that we live in your strength, that when we're weak, your strength is glorified. And so thank you, Lord. I pray um, right now is the word fear has popped up so much over mm-hmm. the last several years, Lord, that you have told us fear not. You've told us not to worry. So um, you've told us to be anxious for nothing. And so, Lord, I do pray love and peace and joy um, and hope all of the, the words of Advent that you are um, over our friends and family, Lord, over everyone listening right now, that it would live and grow in them in 2023 and beyond. Thank you for loving us. In your precious name, amen. 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 Um, Kathy, we'll be um, praying for you and the National Day of Prayer Task Force as you all prepare to lead us as a nation um, to pray for neighbor and nation in this new year. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us here on Mornings with Carmen. We um, we love and, and treasure our time with you. Mm, love you guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. So that is a song by uh, David Meese, God's Promises, Rainbows in the Night. Um, when we're talking about Jeremiah 29, 11, and 12, um, we are, I think, tempted to imagine that, you know, God knows the plans he has for me and there are plans to pros- prosper me and to give me a future filled with hope. Um, it is important to recognize that the context of Jeremiah 29 is the context of judgment. And that's why I lifted this up as God knows and being able to trust the God who knows when we're in a God only knows moment. Um, it's one thing to say that God has a future planned. It's another thing to walk by faith into those plans, to submit to those plans, to submit to the God um, who has made those plans. And so I think the context here really matters, the historical context for um, that Jeremiah is speaking into um, is the Jews under the domination of the Egyptians and then the Babylonians um, eventually carried off into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon there you would think of Daniel and his family. This is a people living under the total domination of their enemies, forced by their enemies to leave their homeland and um, make their way in a foreign country. You know, in terms of the literary context, um, we just discover in the previous chapter uh, in, in, in Jeremiah 28, um, judgment upon false prophets um, judgment upon the nation. And so it's in that context that we hear these words of Jeremiah 29, 11, and 12. 
These are words spoken to a people in the midst of great hardship, under severe suffering. People who um, certainly desired to be rescued in a way that was immediate, but in a way that actually wouldn't come for hundreds, ultimately thousands of years. Like, right, it takes a long time for the prospering plans to actually come to pass. God's response is not always to provide immediate escape from difficult situations, Um, but God promises that he has a plan, and it is a plan to prosper us in the midst of what we are facing. And so as you face a difficult situation today, as you face a God-only-knows situation in your own life, I, I offer up today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day from Jeremiah 29, 11, and 12. Um, it is not a promise that God's going to immediately rescue us from hardship or suffering. It is a promise that God has plan um, and that that plan, regardless of our current situation, regardless of the circumstantial reality under which we find ourselves, God has a plan and he is working that plan and he is going to work it through to prosper us and give us um, a hope and a future. What is that hope in that future? It is a hope and a future with him. It's with him. Um. And so let me encourage you with that today. Um, These verses proclaim that those who turn to the path that God lays out, to the plans that God has, if we choose to walk in them, um, that's when the next part unfolds. When you call on me and pray to me, I will listen to you, God says. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And so seek the Lord today. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else is going to be added unto you. Those are the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who comes as the fulfillment of the promise made in the days of Jeremiah. Judgment does not last forever. A Savior has come, and his name is Jesus. Turn and trust to him today. God only knows, (laughs) but God knows. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Stay tuned for Hour 2. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.